Welcome to Served Neat. I'm your host, Jen Hartman. I am wildly obsessed with marketing, sales, business, and the bottom line. I left corporate America with $3,000 in my bank account and a dream of becoming a successful entrepreneur. In the last two years, I grew my marketing consultancy to multiple six figures, worked with over 160 CEOs, and even started my very own fashion brand. In this podcast, I'll be serving up my best kept secrets to help you grow and scale your business. Each week, you'll hear from myself along with other entrepreneurs. You'll learn about what it actually takes to grow a brand, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Pour yourself a glass of bourbon and get ready to take notes because it is time to dive into this week's episode. I am having such an off-brand moment. Typically, when I record podcast episodes, I drink bourbon. I am such a bourbon girl. Bourbon through and through runs through my veins. I am bourbon. Bourbon is life. But not today, guys. I am drinking Vizzy Hard Seltzer and not just any flavor, guys. It is mango watermelon and it includes antioxidants and vitamin C. I am the epitome of health and wellness right now. Just kidding. It is pretty healthy compared to other drinks that I drink. Where was I going with this? I don't know. Anyway, I have squirrel brain sometimes. I have gotten a lot of questions about funnels recently, and I also have had quite a few clients who are having issues with funnels, and they have me feast my eyeballs upon what's currently going on, and I catch a lot of mistakes, so I thought, hey, you know what? Today's episode, we could focus on fixing your funnel, and just for reference before I dive in, when I say funnels, I'm talking about how a person goes from lead to paying customer. It's that simple, guys. It's not super complicated. I think when people hear funnels, they're like, oh my God, funnels. What is a funnel? That seems complicated. It's really not, I promise. If you don't have any funnels in your business, you're going to want to create and implement them in 2022, especially if you are the type of person who wants to make money without having to actively sell on the Instagram all day, every day. This is where a funnel comes into play. Passive income, making money in your sleep, baby. So for the sake of today's episode, we're specifically talking about a funnel that takes a lead from prospect to paying client, not an upsell funnel or a returning client funnel. Those have an entirely different set of issues that require a very different podcast. So let's go ahead and dive into it. We'll go through the common funnel issues and the quick fixes. Number one, why am I singing? Probably because I'm drinking busy. No one is opting into my email list. No one, no one's opting into my freebie. Okay, so let's fix this. I have a question for you. Have you promoted your freebie? Where is it housed? Where is it living? Is it living on your website? Is it in the link in your Instagram bio? Where is it at? I would also consider the quality of the lead magnet. Y'all, there are a lot of lead magnets out there, and there's quite a few that I've seen that are just not that fantastic. Is the lead magnet something that people actually want? Have people told you that they want this? When I create a lead magnet, I make sure to run it by my current clients just to get some feedback before I go and actually build out the idea and promote it. My thought process when I'm creating a lead magnet is what do I want people to know before they work with me on a paid level? What's the most basic piece of information that they should 
know and master before they come into my first level paid offer. So for example, if your paid intro offer is a workshop on how to price a service, maybe your freebie is how to create an offer or how to create a product because they can't price that product or price that offer without figuring out what the structure of the offer actually is, what they're actually going to be selling. That would be an easy freebie. So think about what comes first. Another way to approach a lead magnet is to think about the questions that come up with your clients. Are they asking the same question again and again and again? Is there any way to take that question and turn it into an answer in a freebie? So for example, if you have clients who keep asking you how to track their macros, what if you created a freebie that was all about how to track macros? The last way you could approach a lead magnet, when it comes to the format of the lead magnet, make sure it's something people want. When it comes to the format of the lead magnet, it's also important to consider your clients. So for example, if your clients are the types of people who don't watch webinars, for the love of God, don't create a freebie webinar. People won't watch it. Or if your clients, if your people don't read ebooks, don't create an ebook. Meet people where they're at so they actually go through, they download the lead magnet, they read through it, they watch it, they listen to it. Oh, you know what? Hold on. One more point. I have one more thing to say about lead magnets. I should probably create an entire episode about lead magnets because I've created quite a few in both my business, my corporate job, different agencies, but I've also helped my clients create a lot of freebies as well. It's really important to not brain dump every single thing you know into like a document or into a webinar. Because what happens is when people download a lead magnet and it's 26 pages long, what happens is people go, oh, I'll look at it later. It's too long. I can't look at it now. I'll watch it later. I'll read it later. And they never actually do. Or they do and it's so much information, they don't know what to do with it and they never implement. When it comes to a lead magnet, it should be quick and actionable. It should cover just one topic or maybe two topics and that is it. Keep it short. Keep it sweet. Keep it simple. Okay. Let's keep on keeping on. Number two, leads keep unsubscribing. Ugh, no. Okay, there could be a few reasons as to why this is happening. First up on the list, email content could be irrelevant and subscribers are no longer interested. So they're unsubscribing. Number two is the frequency of the emails. An email a day is too much. An email every other day is too much. I rarely sign up for freebies, but I saw one that piqued my interest and I decided to opt in for it. And guess what happened? I got two to three emails per day. Per day, y'all. I unsubscribed by day three. I was like, this is absolute insanity. What is happening? Number three, you're hard selling and you're not giving enough value. Avoid going from freebie to hard selling in every single email. Ideally, you want to front load your funnel with value-based emails. And then ideally, you want to front load your funnel with value. So you're going to want to include a lot of educational content here. And then customer success stories. And then information about your offers. Last but not least, when it comes to unsubscribes, like the emails, I have found that my clients who write novel emails tend to get more unsubscribes. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody got time to read 
a novel in an email. They just don't. Remember, as with anything in business, whether it's writing emails or whether it's creating Instagram posts or creating products, at the end of the day, it is about your customers. It's about your clients or soon-to-be clients. Think about them first. Does your future client want to take 20 minutes to read an email from you? Probably not. If your emails are getting a bit lengthy, here's what I recommend doing. Take that information, put it into another downloadable PDF, or put it into a blog, or put it into a podcast, and your call to action in your emails can redirect people to that podcast, blog, downloadable PDF, whatever it may be. Okay, number three. Here's the third problem I come across. My open rate is so low. Why is my open rate so low? Could be for a couple of reasons. Number one could be the subject line. When it comes to subject line, I have some tips for you guys. Keep it short and punchy, ideally five words or less. Emojis tend to perform better in subject lines, and so does capitalizing the first letter of each word. When it comes to subject lines, keep in mind that people are going to look at that, and that determines whether or not they're interested. If you don't have a great subject line, people are never going to see the content in your email. They're never going to see your sales page. They're never going to convert into paying clients from your funnel. It all starts with a great subject line. The other thing that could be happening here, if emails aren't getting opened, they could be going to spam. The worst. It's basically a graveyard for emails. Okay, so you're going to want to avoid trigger words here. Things like profit, free, discount, BOGO. Google a list of trigger words and you'll get like, you'll probably get hundreds of words that pop up, but take note of that and just be careful when it comes to your subject lines. Here's what I would also do too. When somebody opts in to your freebie and it pops up with a thank you page after they input their information, include a sentence like, if you don't see your free gift in your inbox, make sure to check spam. Like just give people a reminder that sometimes things go to spam. Okay, number four, issue number four. No one is clicking through to my sales page. Okay, so they're opening up your emails, they're reading your emails, but they're not actually clicking through to the good stuff. So here's what could be going on here. You have a really weak, oh my God, I had a lot of saliva in my mouth. Jesus, let me take a swig of Vizzy here. For how many times I've mentioned Vizzy in this episode, they should 1000% sponsor me. If anybody knows a person who knows a person over at Vizzy, can y'all like hook it up, please? Okay, so back to our podcast here. Weak call to action. Okay, it could be because of a weak CTA. CTA meaning call to action. Include a button in every single email. I have gotten so many emails where there's been no button. Subscribers' eyes are automatically drawn to buttons. So if you're not including buttons, y'all are missing out on sales. The other reason why nobody is clicking through to your sales page could be is that the email copy isn't compelling enough. If your copy is staler than weak old bread, why would anyone click through to your sales page? I mentioned this before, but I'm going to say it again. We're going to emphasize on this point. Avoid using email to write a novel. Emails are not blogs. Emails are not novels. That is not the time nor the place. Keep it short, sweet, and punchy. Subscribers don't read every word anyways. We scan. So what you can do here is bold, important words that you want people to be drawn to. Use bullet points and even add a PS at the end underneath your signature. Okay, last but not least, problem number five. 
I'm seeing low conversions or no conversions. So what this is, is it's not an email problem because you could have people clicking through, right? Like you could have a great CTR, but at the end of the day, if no one's converting, it's a sales page problem or a checkout page problem. Or I could probably create an entirely different episode on sales pages and checkout pages and hey, maybe I will. But what happens is there could be too many clicks to buy. If people have to click and click and click again and click again, that's time consuming. Let's be real. Consumers are lazy. Make it super easy for people to buy from you. Sales page copy might be confusing or sales page copy is too long. I don't know. I'm going to go on like a side rant for a minute. I don't know who decided that sales page copy needed to be a novel. Like who in our industry decided that we had to write novel length sales pages? I have no idea. I don't agree with it. I've never seen sales pages like that until I joined this online business space. So just make sure to look at your sales page and check out page on mobile because think about how much scrolling, like if somebody has to scroll and scroll and scroll on a desktop, it's even worse on a mobile device. And again, I'm coming back to consumers are lazy. People don't want to have to scroll and scroll and scroll. They're not looking through your sales page to get a thumb workout in. They're there to buy. Make it easy. Take out the fluff in your sales page and include the information that buyers actually need to know. And that's it. The other issue here is that you might be asking too much of your subscribers. Freebie to a high ticket offer is not ideal. This is such a big ask. It's like meeting someone for the first time and then the next day calling them to see if they'll bail you out of jail. Like what? Like no. Small asks first, right? So go from freebie to intro offer under $100. And then when somebody opts into that, go from intro offer to low ticket offer that's maybe a couple hundred dollars. And you can keep asking for more and more and more. But don't go from freebie all the way up to a $5,000 offer. It's not going to work. You're not going to see the conversions that you're wanting to see. And the last thing I'll say about low conversions or no conversions is there's no urgency. If there's no countdown timer, if the doors aren't closing, if there's no urgency, people aren't going to take fast action. I could probably create an entirely different episode on sales pages and checkout pages, so I won't go too, too deep here, but this at least gives you guys something to think about. So next steps for you guys, start to A-B test. And when it comes to A-B testing, only test one element of your email at a time. You shouldn't be testing a subject line along with a button, along with the size of your font. Like, pick one thing at a time. So maybe what I would do if I were you, I would start with the subject line because the content of your emails and the buttons and all of that stuff within the email, it doesn't matter if people aren't even opening it to begin with. So if I was going to test, I would start with the subject line. So I would do something as simple as test emoji versus no emoji. Test out capitalizing the first letter of each word versus all lowercase. Test out including somebody's first name in the subject line versus not including it. They're really small things, but you can start to get a grasp on what your audience prefers. And once you start to find out what's working with subject lines, then move on to the content of your email. Like once people are opening up your emails, then move on to the content within the email. I recommend also working with an expert when it comes to funnels and email marketing. Someone who really understands copy and marketing operations. 
these are two very different skill sets. And typically, even in corporate America, these roles are entirely different. Marketing ops, very different role from a copywriter or from just a marketing specialist, two very different skill sets. So make sure to find someone who has experience doing both, like me, by the way. I have experience. If you are interested in working on a funnel from start to finish, we do have mini VIP days that are officially open. A mini VIP day with me includes three hours of time together. It includes Starbies and lunch on me as well. We can work through a funnel build. We can work on building out a brand new product and a go-to-market strategy or even an org chart and building out job descriptions for your team members. I am so excited for mini VIP days. If you guys have questions about them or are interested, please send us a DM on Instagram. My handle is neat.marketing. Would love to chat with y'all. Thank you guys so, so much for listening to this week's episode. I loved talking about email marketing and funnels. If you guys have questions, send me a DM. I'd love to have a follow-up conversation and answer any and all questions you might have. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. I will see you next Tuesday. 